I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's try this again. Uh, we're back here on the Husker Online live show. Sean Callahan, Robin Watchett. We tried so hard to get this thing off the ground at midnight. Uh, we almost pulled it off, but thank you for joining us. Uh, we are going to get you through this next hour. Um, I know a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions. It was a disaster. Um, welcome in Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, um, as as they join me to break it. Nebraska, 45-42 loser. Sip, I'm just going to go right to you first on this. What do you think? Well, they couldn't get a stop, and now this feels like the end, right? Is that is that what is that what we're dealing with? So I see it. Yeah, I, I, they they couldn't get a stop. I mean, hardly ever did they get a stop. Did they get one or two on the night? They couldn't get one when it mattered the most late. Um, and now the end of Frost tenure just feels inevitable. This is like Northern Illinois with um, with Riley. With Riley, and, yeah, and you know it's a little different because in that instance the AD was fired first. Um, so that's not going to happen, but, um, no, I mean, this is now, how is it going to play out? I don't know. We all know the buyout situation at Nebraska, the buyout right now, is it $15 million for Scott Frost? But on October one, it drops to 7.5 million. That obviously factors into how this is all going to go down. I don't expect that it would go down until after October one. Now, I don't know how that mechanism is going to work. But I know this, Oklahoma comes to town next week with an offense that I would say is probably better than Georgia Southern, right? You would think. So you're looking at one and three. And I it's I just and I asked Scott after the game, how how do you sell progress right now in your program? And he didn't really even try to do it. No, he didn't he didn't he's kind of beat around the bush. He knows, he knows. Like, I mean, I what do you think he knows? I think he knows where it's heading. I mean, let's face it. Trev Albert said as much last year that this would have happened last year, but I owed you $25 million and you're a native son and we're going to give you another year, but we're going to cut you down. Mm-hmm. If one thing we've learned about Trev Albert, he, he was not ever going to hand a $25 million check to Scott Frost a year ago. Not last year, right. And he cut it down to 15 mm-hmm. to start. Mm-hmm. And then on October 1st, it goes down to $7.5 million. So I think we kind of know what's next, but you know, let, I think, let, do we, I think we just know. I, I mean, how could. I guess there's a possibility that Nebraska could reverse these fortunes somehow. But how how do you do it with that defense? No. I mean, they can't stop anybody. And the offense is – I mean, they were they were fine. But they were fine against Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? What do they do against Northwestern, especially when it mattered? Mm-hmm. You know, it just didn't happen. And so, um, you know, that is really all raw all aspects for me. They just look – like a poorly coached team yeah. in every phase yeah. where guys are unsure of themselves. You got guys playing hero ball. Like they finally decide to return a kick with what? 20 some seconds, 30 seconds left burn six, six seconds off the clock mm. for absolutely no reason. I mean, like it, it's one of those situations where you can just look at countless examples of players that either don't know what they're doing or are trying to do too much. Mm. And that to me is a direct reflection on just kind of, 
where this thing is uh, from a right. coaching standpoint. I, mean, I think you said the key critical thing. It doesn't look like a well-coached team. At times it does. But, man, not on defense tonight. Guys, I mean, let's go through these numbers. Okay, do it. Oklahoma, or not Oklahoma, Georgia Southern had 642 yards of total offense. And this stat, they don't make this readily available to find. Nebraska doesn't put this stat out, but it was the most yards ever allowed by an opponent in Memorial Stadium history. Allowed to an opponent. Allowed to an opponent. So it was the most opponent offensive yards in Memorial Stadium ever on a night where Nebraska honored the great scoring explosion offense with special commemorative jerseys. An opponent came in, mm-hmm. and they put up scoring explosion numbers. 642, it's the third most ever in school history. Um, that 2012 UCLA game, um, that was a back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that was a Gus Johnson game that, mm-hmm. uh, on, on uh, Fox back then. Mm-hmm. And then in 2000, or, sorry, 1956 at Oklahoma, Nebraska, that's the school record game. Um, but when you look at this game, I don't think I've ever really seen a game like this. I mean, where Nebraska's offense had six touchdown drives of 75 yards or longer and no turnovers, no turnovers. Mm-hmm. All time, they're 214-0 and 0 as a team when they score over 35 points. Nebraska lost this game tonight with those numbers. But the flip side, as I said, Georgia Southern, their scoring drives were 74, 74, 75, 80, 75, 77, and 75 yards. I told you, I told you guys, I think I, I said it to both of you. I, I was concerned. I definitely said it to you, Sean, that my concern going into this game was Clay Helton has mastered that offense that he coaches. He's a, he's a very good offensive coach. And my concern was he would take Chenander, Eric Chenander, Nebraska's defensive coordinator, to school. Mm-hmm. I never dreamed it would be that. No. gross of a mismatch no. but i it feels like scott said frost in the post game we got out schemed um they really did get out schemed bad i mean it was pretty like the layman could see that they got sliced up yeah and it was i mean i mean now think about what we're talking about think about this now georgia southern is picked fifth or sixth or seventh in their division of the Sun Belt. This is a this is a Georgia Southern program that was three and nine last year, has a has a new head coach and all new assistants except for one. They come into Lincoln with a new staff in their second game and do this. They just can't. Just, and they they ran the veer or the option last year. Is that right, Robin? I, yeah, it's some some variation of the triple option. Mm-hmm. Like there's different ways you can. So they went Frank Solich to Bill Callahan essentially. Exactly. They went 03 to 04 Nebraska. And had a record-breaking offensive performance in Memorial. I mean, it's unheard of. Like it's unbelievable. We, we've seen a lot of, and I, I'm going to watch my lane. I don't cuss on camp, but we've seen a lot of crap over the years covering Nebraska. <laughs> this is pretty. This bad. is up there. I yeah, mean, it's it's and it's really sad. I mean, you, you think about where we were at five years ago, thinking about the direction of things. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've it felt as unified as we've felt it in years, and yeah. to be at this point now, uh, yeah. It's, I think it's unified now again. I, think, I mean, I don't. Fan base isn't fractured. Yeah, I don't. I, I, listen, I don't like to make light of it, but I don't. Yeah, we're not. You're not in a situation where there's going to be a lot of pushback against the notion no, of chain of trying something else. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how at this point you can defend what's what's happened. Okay. We're five years in now, and you just got blitzed by georgia southern at home 
I mean, think about that statement in itself. Going through all those numbers is one thing, but Nebraska just got torched on their home field by a first-year coach, Georgia Southern. They've been FBS since what, like 2014? 14. So, I mean, like – 2014. I mean, that's – it's incredible in so many levels, but it's also not. I mean, when you look at – I, I, I was worried about this all day, when, honestly. When I, you look I, at I just – feel good about this game. Right. I mean, just the history that we've seen. Like, Nebraska just has games like this. Yeah, and night game, though. Clay Helton though versus Shanann and Van Treese. I knew I knew he was pretty good, and he worried me because he wasn't just some stiff. Like oh, he like, looked like an All American. He was a six-year like senior. One. He's played yeah. here before. And Clay Helton, I mean the guy. The guy was experienced. Like he, you know, he, he wasn't just going to come in here and fall over. So Van Treese is okay, but Buffalo eight eight touchdown passes last year, six picks. I mean, this is not. Come on. Nebraska's ineptitude on defense is startling right now. So they, they talked about scheme and that sort of guys being in the, in the wrong fits. Okay, well, that's that's another bag of issues. But how about just the one-on-one plays that they once again did mm-hmm. not make? Mm-hmm. The terrible pursuit angles, the, the, the missed tackles mm-hmm. in open space, guys getting beat off the line of scrimmage to where they're getting controlled at the, at the point of attack by Georgia Southern. By Georgia Southern. I mean, those are monstrous red flags for me to where like you can blame scheme and should be noted. Garrett Nelson said after the game that they didn't see anything that they didn't on tonight that they hadn't seen on film. So they said everything that they saw (laughs) they watched and they prepared for. So where's the disconnect happening? Are they truly not being prepared and have no idea what they're doing? Or are they just playing? They gave up inside release. Frost said, I thought that was interesting. We gave up inside release on the slants and we knew what they were going to do. And that they still like what I don't, I mean, and I don't want to act And this is where like, we need football coaches and people to explain this, but how come they can't just go up and play hard press man on guys? Yeah. You know, like Greg Sharp Davison on the radio on that crucial fourth down or third down throw that Mm -hmm. they got. Yeah. They've said, oh, wow, he's going to throw it to the receiver on the right side. That's a quick, easy throw. And Tommy Hill gave up a five-yard cushion to him. Yeah, he did. You know, in that situation, why don't you press up there like Alfonso Dennett or something and lock up? I don't understand it. And going in, I thought that's what they would do. You got big dudes. You knew exactly what they were going to do. They were going to do three-step drops. They were going to get the ball out quick. Uh, and just try to do a lot of like quick hit tempo offense, tunnel screen stuff. And it's exactly what they did. It looked like Nebraska had no idea that that's what they were doing. (laughs) This is the biggest secondary in terms of physical size I can remember, and they don't use that physical size. Yeah, it it was baffling on a lot of levels. And again, a lot of it is coaching, a lot of it is scheme, but a lot of it to me too is guys need to make plays. Like the safety play has been atrocious. Yes, Buford had a couple picks, but man, they get beat. The corners playing so far off and then, this is a whole other topic, but like the, the celebrating after like you get it, finally get an incomplete pass on first down and guys are doing the finger wag and it's like, just stop the false. Start You've been torched for 650 yards by Georgia Southern. Do not do a finger wag. Yeah. It's it, all this is perplexing to me. I mean, there's okay. what, what go ahead, Sean, the, the false start before halftime. It was like yeah. the, the defensive highlight of the first half. It ran off the field. Was like, a false start the, that had a 10 second orange runoff <laughs> that took away a touchdown. Yeah, Did or it was an illegal snap. It was yeah, illegal, snap, but it's an yeah. automatic runoff. Right. right. It was definitely an automatic and runoff. Yeah. That was like their big stand at the Alamo before halftime. You know. I mean, it was just, yeah, I hate God. to. Yeah, I hate to make light of this because it is a rough. That's all you it's, can do, really. Yeah, it's rough. And, I, you know, I walked over here, you know, to our offices from Memorial Stadium. And what is it, a six-block walk, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I saw fans. 
it, I just feel like people have just sort of accepted. They're it. at peace with it almost. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah that's a good way to. Put I think three it. nine, like people were like willing last year. A lot, a lot were like, "Hey, they were really close." Like it felt like some things were going to turn the corner. They're bringing in new pieces of all the things, though. Like, okay, special teams has improved in a lot of areas. Offense has improved. Of all the things, did we ever no. think the defense, the defense to this level? No, absolutely, would no way. Be at this level. I mean, that is the. And and the alarm bells went off against Northwestern. When yeah, they our, did. One of the worst offenses you know, last year. Northwestern's offense was terrible. They averaged Nebraska. sixteen. Yeah, they averaged sixteen point six a game last year. Did Northwestern? Well, and then North Dakota has a sixteen play drive right. last week. So yeah, you're right. Getting back to what you're saying, the the fans, the pundits during the off season, we didn't think the defense. We thought the defense would be the strong suit. It wasn't. Like we thought it was going to be a dominating unit, but that's not the unit we thought would give them trouble, especially eh, hardly at all. The pass rush has been a non-factor. <laughs> right. I mean, and you knew it tonight with Van Trees. The guy doesn't take sacks. And right. they the few times they disrupted him, they forced it a couple turnovers. Think about that. Nebraska won the turnover battle 2-0. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 2-0. Very empty. Yeah, it's all very interesting to me in in our shoes. I, guys, you'll notice I didn't in the column. I didn't call for Frost's job. I didn't think I had to. I just don't think it's Trey. Can we pull I, up I, I think column it, from I, Husker Online? I think at this point you don't really have to. It just feels inevitable. We all know where this is going. Mm -hmm. um, I, I almost would have felt silly doing it. Like, yeah, what, what, thanks, Sipple. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> stating the obvious. I mean, Trev um, has an easy job right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, he doesn't it, have a hard decision. Like, no, I'm not saying he has an easy job. Because he's gonna have to make a move, and then yeah, he better have um, somebody. He better get it right. Yeah, because the because here's what happens, Sean. The pressure shifts to the AD quickly. Okay, if he wants this to be a fifteen to twenty year job, he's got to get this thing right. He's got to get the head coach right. And he's, and here's you know. your your columns up here, Stephen Sipple, and this is on Husker Online, by the way. Um, if Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us we're on the on three network steve sipple is a part of our staff now um, we got a great launch special right now there you go one year one dollar <laughs> you can read what sipple thinks after the game um he put this together before we came on the air i'll have mine up shortly robin is your Same. story up not very close but we wanted to talk i mean we felt it was important to talk to you guys tonight because you're what drives we have 433 people right now live joining us oh, on the air good, right man. now yeah. here I mean, it's like we're in a sports bar right now with 433 people saying, what the hell do these guys have to say about this? Well, and here's the thing. I, I, I think we covered this before before we went in the original one we did, which we went kaput. But the Sean explained the buyout situation. So the buyout. Um, last year at this time, it was $25 million if Scott Frost was fired last year. Here's a check, $25 million. Ed Orgeron, in comparison, got a 17-something million dollar. $25 million was obtuse. It, it, would, obtuse. It, would it have been the biggest buyout in college history? Steve uh, Rosen, that's big. where we need our, yeah, our business writer to dig into. But um, Trev took the base pay down annually, a million dollars for Frost in that range. Then he took the buyout from 25 to 15 
But the other caveat is on October 1st, it goes to seven and a half million. Right. So we're two weeks from that date. My question to you guys is Indiana game is on October 1st. Could Treb get up on October 1st and say, I've asked Scott Frost to resign as our head football coach of Nebraska. Um, we wish him well. And that's it. Or would he let on that him... Saturday? It's a sad, it's a game day. I know. I don't know if he would do that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, now it's tricky. Now Ed Orgeron was fired the day they won a game. Right. It's tricky, Rob. The mechanism is tricky. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to handle it. I'm sure Travis thought all this out. But but yeah, how do you do that? Now, maybe it's not that hard if they get their doors Wax blown by off Oklahoma. by Oklahoma. And no matter what they do against Indiana. Does it matter? No. No, I could no. see him doing that actually. It's like that Saturday. Now, is if or he does Sunday. what do you, okay, Sunday. what do you think of these scenarios? Like Ed Orgeron finished out for LSU. Would Frost get to keep finishing the season or would you just go interim coach? It's a good, it's good would, question. What? Oh, I, I I mean it's possible they would let him finish it out. And for Scott, the kids. Yeah. They could still I mean I'm not saying they're going to go to a bowl but like there's stuff like that that could happen still. Come on. I, I know. <laughs> I'm not, not even going to saw in, the defense entertain that discussion. <laughs> that was the joke of the night. I'll be here. I mean, right now, I don't know. It's fine. I, no, I don't. Sean, I don't. Bl- Listen, I'm not casting aspersions or making fun of you. You never know in these things. I mean, you never really know. I can't foresee the future. It's possible they get the things together well enough to beat an Indiana or beat an Illinois. Beat. Illinois I can't see him today. beating Purdue. I cannot see that at all, the way they're playing defense. Um, they can't certainly stop. not Oklahoma. I mean, it would be startling. It'd be – I don't even know what I'd say about this loss if they came back and beat Oklahoma. I mean, I – it almost would be damning in some ways. Like, okay, how's that – how do you how do you even do – how do you pull that off? How do you lose to Georgia Southern and beat Oklahoma? Come on, we're talking about silliness mm-hmm. at that point. And now you guys were in the post game. I was on Channel Seven live, so I, I didn't get to see it. But just mm-hmm. two players and Coach Frost—that was mm-hmm. it. Frost was rattled, didn't you think, Rob? Yeah, I, I, Frost seemed rattled. Of course, he seems rattled. This isn't—I don't. It's never really worked for him though. Here, starting zero and six in two thousand eighteen, and he's never got it going. He's nope. never got it going. I mean, from the minute the lightning hit against Akron, it was yeah. like they they were in the hole, and. That 0-6 season, there's so many things that went wrong. And then the gamble of Maurice Washington, the gambles of some of the players they took. Mm-hmm. It just, it did, just a lot of misses. A lot of, and oh, it, a lot of misses. You mm-hmm. know, and, and we talked to a lot of coaches. And I, I won't, we won't say what coach, but one coach I remember you said that we both talked to when they lost all these defensive backs and receivers, you know, just for attrition. It's like, that's all going to catch up. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, some of that stuff just caught up with Nebraska over the years. But I think up front, particularly on defense, they're, they're just not built up front to, to stop anything right now. Well, I, I, they're not. I think it extends though. I mean, inside linebackers really struggling now. I mean, that that, that those they're that, playing a true freshman, right? And it's really a struggle there, right? Um, not I, I I used to say that two games ago they're really struggling up front, but this has become a the entire defense. The corners didn't play particularly no, well. There tonight. was not a level that played well. Right. In my opinion, not tonight. No. All right, guys. Well, we have, a, I mean, a ton of questions. We have 500 people watching live right now. Um, if you're joining us, um, follow our work on HuskerOnline.com. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Uh, we're walking you through this post game here, um, trying to talk what's next. We all thought it was very important that we just got on here as fast as we could tonight because 
um, you guys have a lot of questions and, and you're why we have jobs. We have great fans, great support. Um, let's go. I'm going to, I'm going to start from the top here. Just make sure. Yeah, do it. Um, let's see. And, and Eric has a question right off the bat. He goes, don't beat around the bush or avoid being obvious. When does Nebraska part ways with Scott Frost? Who is the next target? And I, I think that we kind of hit on the, when it will happen. We think sometime in October, um, but the next target, I think it, it's undefined. I mean, where do you go? Well, I think, I mean, we've obviously talked about this and I think we all agree that Trev's going to shoot big. Like he's not going to just settle for some, you know, under the radar up and comer. He's going to try and go out and get the biggest possible name. I think the real question is, what is the mutual level of interest going to be from those biggest possible names? Do they want to come to Nebraska and deal with whatever this program has become and the task of rebuilding this into a big 10 competitor? I think that's, that's probably as a more important question than who Nebraska wants. Well, and it, I think it, you can figure out who Nebraska wants. It's a matter of do those coaches want to be at Nebraska? Then it gets a little complicated by what else is out there. Um, now, does this put Trev in an advantage? Is this situation being able to make a move in early October put Nebraska in an advantage in that it'll be ahead? I mean, it'll be able to go after some people. Um, it'll be the first one out of shoot, probably. Well, That's what I'm saying. Now, then you got you might be talking to some guys who have jobs. Like it, it Bill O'Brien. Yeah, so he, he has a job. This as an example. He has a job at Alabama. He's a play caller at Alabama. What do you, now? What does Bill O'Brien say to Trev? Um, I can't, I'm not going to talk to you until after the, the college playoffs, football playoff, I mean, right? That guy could go until right. <laughs> could go into January. Now, I, now it wouldn't have to with Bill O'Brien because you could name him and he could keep coaching right. at Alabama. That's just kind of how it works with right. those Alabama coordinators. But it's, yeah, Robin, to Robin's point, he's right. He's right. Some coaches um, will have to debate whether this is the right job for him. But I would just add to that that it, it also depends on what else they got what else they got cooking, what else they think they might have cooking, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I don't know. It's gets really, it's going to be interesting to see how Trev handles this. And you just hope if you're a Nebraska fan that, that he has a pretty good handle on, on it right now, you know, and it's not an open-ended discussion in his mind. Well, what's right? the money situation though? Right. Like, uh, how, he could pay a lot. I mean, I mean, the going rate now is six to 8 million. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or upward of that. Yeah. Even. I mean, I mean, you could you, go to nine. If you want one of those top guys on the boards, you're going to have to be willing to pay that. And yeah, Mel Tucker's making close to 10 or 10 yeah. um, at Michigan Jeff State. Jeff Brown makes like over six. Yeah, you're okay. We'll just say six to 10. How about that? Yeah, I don't think anybody would flinch at that right now. At no. Nebraska fan. Yeah, it's kind of market standard at yeah. this point for big name for, coaches. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought, I thought about this too. Frost has to sit out like a week. Like, yeah. is that like, like <laughs> so? Yeah, I mean, uh, just to, just so we're very, just so we're very transparent. I, I don't think any of us, and I haven't. I don't have a defined list in my head because this has all moved a little more it's quickly. Fluid. Yeah, and it's all moved a little more quickly than I thought it would. I didn't anticipate this tonight. I didn't anticipate talking about this tonight. No. I mean, they were 23-point favorites right. over a team they paid $1.43 to come in and play them. Yeah, I'm not an AD. You're not an AD, Rob. You're not an AD, Sean. We don't have to have a list ready. But now we have to have a list ready. Now, yeah. now we do. We do. We have, to, we have to start formulating in our mind who we think would be the Charge best. Charge your phone, Sipple. Yeah, there's names you have in mind that make sense. Well, like yeah. everyone's going to throw out Urban Meyer. 
Yeah. Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell. I mean, Lance Leipold's going to be on lists. I'm not saying he's a can't, but this I, Kansas I, coach Lance Leipold, yeah. sure. I mean, I think Chris Kleiman is probably a guy that they might look Kyle at. Kyle Whittingham. Mm-hmm. Oh, Whittingham would be a. Now, if you're talking about home run hires, I would say Whittingham would represent that. Well, because you think about like the landscape of college football, and if you're not in the Big Ten or the SEC, you know, these jobs now become attractive. Right. I mean, look at the crowd at this game like, today. It was incredible. They, yeah, we should actually it was incredible. Incredible. tip our cap. It was incredible. To Nebraska fans. So not only, you know, at the start of the game, they stay. And, you know, for that, to as as Georgia Southern started its eventual game-winning drive, what proved to be the game-winning drive, I was amazed by how loud it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 hung in there. And so so – Here's the here's the bottom line. That fan base deserves much more than it's getting. No, no question. Yeah. It's in no the world, I don't know if there's any other fan base that would show up to watch in, under these circumstances. I was thinking that as the game started. There's you look around the state. No, there's nowhere. In the world. There's I mean, I, and I truly I'm not yeah. just saying that. Yeah. I mean it. Because yeah, I've a- talked like I've talked to people like Jamie Cole, who who is from Iowa and he's coached for the Bears. He said, Sean, that Iowa game last year, how full it was to watch a 3-9 Nebraska team. He goes, there's nowhere in the world that happens. No, no, exactly. That, that Iowa game was a great example, but this this tonight was a great example, too. It's not the end of the year. Just we, It feels like the end right now of something, right? It feels the end of the Frost tenure. And here they were, and they were loud, and they pretty much packed the place. It is. It's incredible, and they they do deserve more. Um, and this is this is all a little bit heartbreaking too, though, for a lot of people. It is. And we've known Scott obviously for over Since twenty he was years. A player, yeah. A lot of people have around here. So, you know, his mom was honored on the field tonight. Here's the thing, though. It is, you know, humans are complicated, and situations can be complicated, and it it can be at once heartbreaking, and and on the other hand, you can be very pragmatic about this. It's just not. It's not working. You got to move. I mean, it's Trev's. Trev's got to make a move here, and that's yeah. it'll it'll happen in due time. I think some people there's almost a sense of I don't want to say relief, but like it, yeah. like it, there's there's it's obvious now. Like there's no yeah. well, should we give time? Like no, after something like this, there's like, not gonna be bickering. You have to close that book. We're not gonna be bickering. So you know, I'm you, not gonna have to butt heads with you on this. You were talking about overhearing people on your walk back to the mm-hmm. office here. I, I overheard somebody and there's a group of guys that you know just had the saddest looks on their face. And I heard one guy say, you know, I love Scott. I love him, but it's just not working. No, I'm and like just, he said that and everybody was like, Yep. Yeah, I'm not yep. angry. <laughs> Here's the way I look at it, I, I'm and I know him, I know Scott pretty well. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed, and I'm, and you know, frankly, I'm disappointed with his coaching job here. Overall, it just, it, it's been a very surprisingly substandard run he's had. I mean, he took over the family business, and it's, it's in bad shape. Well, it was in horrible shape. It was in horrible shape when he got it, but but he didn't do much for it. I mean, you could argue it's in a bad or worse shape now. Yeah, at least the feel tonight, and I know we're right here still, but we know kind of. Yeah, just, I mean, they they might only win two games all year. That's what it looks like. That's what that's I mean, what I mean. By they're it at feels, one win right now. By it the way. feels inevitable. <laughs> they're um, it's just disappointing. And here's the thing, I'm, Scott's disappointed. I mean, all these coaches, you know, I always would 
not chuckle, but I would always was sort of amazed sometimes when people would say sip, if they can just get to six this season, if they can just get to six, well, Scott Frost, I don't, if they get to six, he'd be disappointed in six. Now, maybe not now, but it, going in, if you if if you said to Scott, "Hey, just get to six, I think he'd be he'd say, "What? I, I, we want more than six. You know, that would be those guys are competitive. They they don't want to just skirt by. They're not even skirting by tonight. Oh, no. I don't even know what to say. Let's get through some more questions yeah. and comments here. Henry has a question. And Sip, I'll let you take this one. Would Mickey Joseph be interested in being the head coach? Mickey Joseph won't be a candidate for this yeah, job. He'll be interested. But... So, and a lot of guys would be interested. <laughs> Mickey Joseph won't be a candidate for Nebraska's coaching job. I mean, he's not qualified a... for the coaching job. He's Nebraska. never been a coordinator. He's never run. I mean, no. At this, I mean, in, yeah, maybe inter- I mean, the interim had, if they make a decision and have to go. I don't inter- think he's, I don't think he'll be the interim. Would <laughs> be Shenander? No, I think Whipple would be the be. The, I, I mean, Whipple's been a head coach. He's sixty five. He doesn't have designs on the job. He'd make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, sixty five, been a head coach. Can you imagine putting Eric Shenander as the interim after you what can't we just put Shenander as that? No, this is a this is it can't happen. This is Whipple. No, I don't think it'd be Mickey. It, it, it could be. I mean, it, it's of course it's possible. But if it, okay, let's put it this way: if it were me. I definitely take Whipple. Look, stack Whipple's resume next to long time. He's a national championship head coach. Next, next to Mickey's, it's not even close. It's not even close. Um, all right, comment from Mitch. The comment is: It's incredibly sad to say that it simply didn't work out with Scott for us. I truly was hoping all the changes that were made would make a difference. It just hasn't. No. Um, let's get through some more. It's comments. never. You know what? It's never really worked here for Scott. No. Not, not even close. No. I felt like the moment where you kind of felt maybe it could work was last year against Northwestern, how good they looked. Yeah. And, and then they had Michigan tied. On the ropes. They had Michigan tied right. in the final minutes, and Adrian fumbled. We had the Big Ten champions tied. I mean, that was a moment you're like, this could be turning. They had Michigan State beat in East Lansing. I mean, they had, they had a run there, Michigan State, Michigan, Northwestern, that little three-game run where they played good football. Right. I mean, they, they played Ohio State right down on the wire, but – yeah, and that's why he came back. I mean, I think that's why Trev knew if he fired him, there was going to be division on the decision. There would be. There and, would have. And now, now, obviously, we know people <laughs> understand what's going on. This is the second time I've wrote that it feels inevitable, actually. I wrote after the Purdue game last year that the end of his tenure felt inevitable. That was a bad loss. Um, and people were a little surprised I took that stance. Think about it. Think about how okay. I wrote last year after Purdue that it felt inevitable that his tenure would end, could end, and now it's not even. I mean, that's this is much worse than what happened against Purdue last. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Taylor has a comment, a question. Frost is the type of coach to have players be in charge of accountability when he has no account- accountability over them to begin with. Never made sense. You never see any control on the sidelines or care. You know, oddly, you know what's odd about it? 
you thought this would be an incredible fit and it just never has looked like a fit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't starting with the way he ran offense. Um, that offense wasn't a fit for the big 10. When Adrian wasn't a great fit for his offense in a lot of ways. Right. It just, I mean, Adrian really didn't run his offense. Like no. They had to retool it for Adrian. Noah Vedral, the one game he started or two, he actually ran the UCF offense against Indiana that one game, and they they marched up and down the field. They they could Adrian didn't run the offense all that well at times. It's true, but think about the reason Scott was hired originally. It was what elite he offense, ran, offense, cutting off cutting edge offense. That was probably the main thing, and he was a play caller for a cutting edge offense. And people like me had visions of him becoming an elite play caller in the mold of Osborne. And then what else? There was a, there was a third thing. It was basically, man, he's a players coach. The players really play for mm-hmm. him. Well, the cutting edge offense went out the window pretty quickly, right? The play calling thing, I, he never distinguished himself as a play caller, and it didn't seem like his players responded to him. That's what I mean by it didn't. It never seemed to fit. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder what happened between what he was able to do. So I'm not talking about just like the on field stuff, but with going to the player aspect of it like i remember when sean we went uh to atlanta and covered the peach bowl when yeah. they when they went out to, we covered that we were there the whole week right we talked to players all, obviously all the coaches and every player genuinely expressed like legitimate like love for like that he staff. lifted weights with them and- yeah i mean like he was like the definition of a player's coach so i'm so confused why that never transferred never really here did. Didn't seem to. The Maybe pressure. He, yeah, the league's so much better than what he was probably used to. In the yeah, it's a yeah. way different world here than it's it a is different ball. Like you yeah. know, that was one of the things. I can go to the store and nobody knows who I am in Orlando. Whereas here, I can barely even go to my car in the driveway without somebody trying to talk to me. Okay, like, there was it's, some of it's. I mean that, but I think that he brought a staff here that wasn't fit for the Big Ten. I mean, you're, you you brought a some pretty young you br- you brought a pretty young staff yes. into a league of veteran, high quality, best quality in the nation coaches, and I think that didn't help. And that's no, I'm not. I, I know that sounds like I'm disparaging some really good coaches. You're just you just moved from the AAC to another world, and it didn't it didn't work out very well. And that, that's clearly. I mean, come on. Scott struggled, I think, at times with making tough decisions with coaches and staff. Like, I think he would have had a hard time telling those guys, not all of you can come with me, so you can all come with me. Well, and I think he probably believed in them, though. That's the thing. We Now, here's the thing we have to acknowledge, guys. Well, it's easy to acknowledge because we're all in the same boat. You, me, 600 people watching this. Who said that wasn't a good hire at the time? I remember who who pushed back on the Scott Frost hire. Very few people. I I remember though, Very like we people. were talking about the staff hiring way back in eighteen or seventeen, and you're one of your sources. One of there's a couple coaches I talked to, and I'll never forget it as long as I live, really, because I I remember where I was sitting. I was sitting, kind of embarrassing, but I was sitting in in um in a parking lot of a of the Quick Stop on West Oak, right across the the thing. I mean, during the I love the details. during the summer. You, you guys know how this goes during the summer. You really, you really get a chance to catch up with a lot of people. Um, and you can have long conversations. And I remember a conversation with a former coach who said that simple, it's a JV staff. And I said, I said, that's, I mean, you're so full. I, I said, that, that's bull crap. 
Um, why would you say that? And he had a pretty elaborate answer. It says just these guys aren't ready for the Big Ten. And he reminds me of that conversation all the time. Um, well, I think it, about like who they could have hired if they if he like only brought a few guys with them and had like six spots to hire others. Mm -hmm. Like Zach Taylor legitimately wanted to be on Frost's first staff. As a play caller? As a play caller. So well, like Scott was gonna call the plays. Yeah. That was the whole reason he was here. He wanted to be he wanted to be like passing game coordinator okay. and be a part of it. Okay. But Trey Walters had a foot out the door, oh didn't boy. get didn't get the UCF job, so he came back. Had a foot in the door here. And and so that you know, stuff like that. Oh, you're saying back. Walters had a foot out the door yeah. even when he got here? Well, because he wanted he applied for the rice job. Yeah, he was hoping to get a head coaching gig he and kind of for, fell back on the for, OC just, job. And the receiver recruiting was bad out of the game. And, and loop when I mean, you go back to the Lubick hire. For Walt, that was a really out of the weird. It was a com comfort hire. Talk about a bad fit. It just didn't work. We have the benefit of hindsight. I know. We, so, so right. we have to be careful because we didn't. But I don't think any the, of us questioned Lubick hire. Too what much. he was working at a bank. But did we question it? Did <laughs> I, we question? I mean, it? to an extent. Yeah. They're like, okay, why? Why is there's he a credit union on the credit union? Okay, yeah, <laughs> a little bit more stable there, I guess. Yeah. But but no, like I mean, that I think caught some attention. Like before, bit. you could just say. Barrett Rude, Greg Austin, all these guys, they just came off a 13-0 team that could have, in you know, a playoff format, competed for a national championship. Like, whatever they're doing mm -hmm. is working yeah. really well. Scott's the unanimous national coach of the year. Yeah, nobody like, was pushing back on the staff. Everything either. he's doing is turning to gold. So if he right. wants to bring his whole staff and keep that continuity, he had that grace, uh, at least for a lot of people. Some, a lot of people questioned it, mm -hmm. and clearly those people that questioned it were right. But I'm with you. At first... There was very little pushback right. just because what Frost had done at UCF and, and just how good that season was. And what he had done here as a player and what he meant at the time, having someone that was so, so tied inextricably tied to the program. And it just made all, it all just made this yeah. wonderful story. A bunch of former Huskers reuniting. <laughs> yeah, remember remember his introductory press conference, what that looked like, what that scene It was a like? celebration. Like, former players were, like, wiping tears away. The red carpet walk. Yeah, I mean... And, and I, I would invite people to look at him on that day and how much he's aged. Since he said the, all the right things. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it is. This job did a number... Of, it does a number on guys, though. It did a number... On Frank Solich, it did a number on Bill. Osborne, Osborne retired <laughs> in his prime. Yeah, I, I mean he had heart he, issues though. But yeah. Osborne could have had five more years, probably, and won one or two more. Mm -hmm. It did a number on Frank. It did a number on Pelini. It did a number. And on there's Bo. Scott Frost when he was hired. That's a picture. Now of check him. that. Look at him. Yeah. Now some of it's just that was six years ago or five years ago, whatever that was. But look at it. Trey I mean, zooming in there. Thank for you, us. Trey. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. So. Here we are. Here we are. And I know people want to know what where Trev will go next, but come on, that's a very that is a hard thing to pin down right now. Yeah. Now, well, we okay tonight. I don't think Trev knows. Trev was on the field, like smiling, shaking hands with recruits and the coaches. Mm -hmm. My question to you guys is will we see Trev in that role next week and the week after? I mean, like, will he continue he to start distancing himself? We we continue to be kind of bro hugging guys at midfield pregame or That's a good question or is he gonna i mean or is he gonna be back but i do think something he, to watch for i sure. do think he wants to talk to those recruits like tonight i notice he makes a valiant effort to visit 
like in talk with Maverick Noonan to talk with Gunnar yeah. Gatula because I think he kind of knows like things that are happening. So he, he's, I think, built pretty good relationships with a lot of these recruits, kind of knowing what's coming. And I mean, even you reported this week in our tunnel talk, Sipple, about a new collective forming in Omaha. And I mean, there's some other things kind of in the works that mm-hmm. led you to believe that A and B were leading to C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, now, this is it's going to test all everybody involved mainly i'm talking about trev alberts and the coaching staff they're really gonna have to be professionals now and i think they you can do that they're all highly paid coaches trev's paid a lot of money to handle these sorts of situations Mm -hmm. and they they just have to conduct themselves professionally and that that goes to your question sean will trev still be that visible um like we do a radio show he's already done his september show yeah, so but we, will he be out there on uh, before the game i think he can be i mean i we all we all we all are agreeing here that there's there's an inevitability to this um i think the key is just for trev to be respectful to everybody involved easy to i mean there's a lot to that though but here's the thing you have to consider through all this is the players the players have to be foremost in your thoughts. So every step of the way, I hope that's what they're considering. Yeah, they got nine games left. I know they, these kids got nine games. Two bye weeks in nine games. You don't see. I wonder if people would will get after us for a show like this for saying, "Look, there's there, there's a whole season left. You guys are acting like it's oh everything's over." Mm. We talked about these, these metrics well, though. I'm close to that. The, 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 I know, but the, the players still got a season left. So oh, it's tricky, right? I do. Like we talk about, oh, what was Trev's metric? Well, the metric is October 1st. That was the metric. Yeah, there's a win-loss number, but that metric of October 1st with the buyout figure, that is the key thing that I think changed the discussion mm-hmm. that led you kind of to know what could happen. Yeah. Like if the buyout stayed at $15 million the whole year, I don't know if like – What? People, what are you saying? I mean – I. But I think the conversation ramps up when that buyout cuts down like that on that day. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, and that that's the metric to me is October 1st. Mm-hmm. And to your point about the players, I mean, we've seen it. What happens when the team checks out? 2017. Mm-hmm. I mean, they checked out. There was games where there was zero thought Nebraska was even not going to win, but even be competitive. Remember going to Penn State, playing yeah. that Saquon Barkley Penn State mm-hmm. team? It was one of those games where, like, Nebraska's going to lose by 40. You put up you know? 42 points and a half on Nebraska. I know. It was – It was. that was a, a real dark point. I mean, obviously, it's it's real dark here, but in, in this program, yeah. just just the way that season went down. Everybody knew it was going to happen. Everybody knew Riley was going to get fired, and that the players knew it, and they just kind of checked See, out. See, now that we're in that – sort of they're, they're very close to being in that exact same situation right and now. And then, then – you add the dynamic up. Now, this is all very bleak. I, I hate to do this to the people. Do we still have people watching? Yeah, we have 600 people watching. Right now. <laughs> See, this, <laughs> I mean, now here's what you wonder you have all these guys from the portal, transfer portal, who don't have a strong emotional attachment to mm-hmm. this program. They've only been here for a little bit. And Devin Drew's been here like six <laughs> weeks. August 10th, he got here. <laughs> what day? Devin, De- 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 Devin yeah. Drew got here August like 10th. Brandon Moore showed up like two days before the first game. And he got a key, <laughs> he got a key penalty in the game. Yes, that was a big He's penalty. Playing. Yeah, what was he doing out there? Um, the uh no offense to Brayden Moore, but see, you have O'Shawn Mathis out here at what 
what will keep him inspired to play at his highest level and you're also in an era too where what if what's going to stop a guy like Oshan for saying you know what i'm just going to hang it up and start preparing for the draft exactly well, what has he shown on film this year to, to do well that, though? well maybe he's i don't go back know. to his tcu film go back to his good tcu enough. film yeah, and say I, he's, I was just in a bad scheme at nebraska i don't want to put any more bad film out there i it's it, rob i mean it's not is uh very much a something that you look at here i mean it's it's tough. It's a tough situation for everybody. Yeah, I mean, you're in the, you're in an era now where guys literally can just quit. They can not just check out, but they can just leave the program. And be like, you know what? I'm done with this. Derek yeah. says Oshawn Mathis has been a bust. I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, I feel like their run defense has been such a bust for Nebraska. Like, there's been very few. I was startled by how how little Oshawn Mathis affected the pass rush. or Garrett Nelson. Yeah, tonight I thought that. You you said you guys identified it in the press box. Matt Mathis was getting pushed outside a lot. Mm-hmm. Never never was able to cut inside, loop around that tackle. He tried that same speed rush move where they just pushed him away. I mean, he never he never got a clean inside move on a guy. Didn't was, seem like it. And the quarterback just stepped right up every time. I mean, like that pass rush that he was, it just wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And this no, is go ahead, Rob. I was going to say just to that point that it's no coincidence that some of the biggest plays the defense made there was at least a semblance of pressure when that interception happened uh There's Devin Drew we got was got a hit on the quarterback and Garrett Nelson caused the uh well, second se- interception yeah the second interception Buford's second interception at the one or two whatever that yeah. was so yeah, I mean, that was Garrett was in there it's yeah. amazing when you can actually have a semblance of pressure on the quarterback how much you can make the rest of your defense look and they're just not getting any of that right now no and just to reiterate I know we're talking about a very extreme situation it was amazing how easily Georgia Southern made it look tonight. Mm. It was it was how easy they made it look. It was a that's what I'll, that was my biggest takeaway. You said pitch, catch, miss tackle, yeah. repeat. Yeah, yeah. Their third down efficiency was just ridiculous. They didn't even need third down a lot of the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> I mean, and they were was, two for two on fourth down too. Yeah, they were five of six on third down passing plays. Um, nine of thirteen on third. Nebraska was nine of thirteen. Right. Both. I mean, both teams were, you know, but the, the difference was Nebraska just was one or two drives short, you know, and in and, and a game when your defense can't stop air, one or two drives matters. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Um, let me go through some more questions here because we got yeah, do, a do lot that. of people chiming in. And I, I want to, I mean, there's a lot of comments, a lot of questions. Tanner made a great point, And I noticed this too. Garrett Nelson found himself in pass coverage a lot tonight too. And I, I noticed a couple times he was running with like running backs downfield. Yeah. Um, and that was interesting. Georgia Southern punted one time. They punted one time. They put up more yards tonight than anybody in Memorial Stadium's history. All right. Yeah, more some, than Tim yeah, Rattay and Troy Edwards. All those the, guys. Is there a good question, Sean? Moving through here. Hold on here. Got <laughs> you'll like this comment from Sam because I know he says bring Kiffin home. That ain't yeah. happening, but no, I don't think Sipples, so. We're, we're, be fun, yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> We've been big lane. We we did a radio show Sipple and I did years ago called the Husker Beat with the late Jerry Gray producing it, and we had Lane Kiffin on before <laughs> the 06 Nebraska game. <laughs> <laughs> he called out Joe. He called out one of his own players on our show as the offensive coordinator beat Carroll and made headlines. But ever since, like Kiffin was so accessible back then, like yeah, he was. You could just call him up and he'd come on your show and yeah. Yeah, it won't be Lane Kiffin. No, I don't. I mean, I don't like to rule 
people out, but I, it'd be, a, I don't think Ole Miss would let that happen. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. What do you guys think of Urban Meyer? I mean, that is going to be a name everybody throws out there. I mean, just a pipe dream, right? Well, my my take on that is that with Meyer, it'll depend on what else is out Arizona there. Arizona State. Yeah, it'll just depend on what else is out there. He's not going to jump at the first. But I don't think Urban Meyer is going to go to a lesser league. If the landscape of football is showing that the Big Ten and the SEC are the leagues, I don't think he wants to go anywhere but those leagues. Yeah. And, I mean, you just got to wonder how much Nebraska cares about all the stuff that happened, not just his transgressions at the uh, at nightclub, at the bar, yeah. but all the stuff that came about how he handled that program in Jacksonville where you have assistant coaches calling it the most toxic football environment they've ever been a part of. Like, the Zach Smith he didn't know who Aaron Donald was, like, during a coaching meeting. Like, I mean, it just seemed like he was not connected at all with that job in Jacksonville. So just got to wonder where his head is right now. Is he mentally ready to step back in and rebuild a program and all the stuff that comes with that at a place like Nebraska? I mean, that that's a factor. And especially when he's got this cushy well, TV job that he's really good at. And you don't have access to great talent at Nebraska. Right. And he's always been at play. It's, well, Utah, he did well at a place where there wasn't access, but you're right. There's a lot Sean. of good Polynesian talent, though. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's no doubt about like, that. This job is so unique at Nebraska because it is, other than West Virginia, the smallest Power Five populated state. Mm-hmm. But if you draw a 500 mile circle around, and I've I've studied this, I've looked at it. Nebraska has the fewest four and five stars on average within 500 miles of it than any Power Five school in America. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. And you're expected to win at a high level here in a stadium that gets almost 90,000. I mean, it's an, it's an anomaly. It's a one percenter. I mean, there's, it's really crazy uh, when you look at got to get the right fit. And that's again, Trev Alberts has to find a good fit. Um, Look, look, I think urban Mark could win anywhere, anywhere. Um, but again, it'll, it'll probably come down to what's available with urban Meyer. Well, and with the tra- this also worries me about coaching changes, the transfer portal. But there is a new date thing on the portal. Like you can't enter the portal, I believe, now till the first week of December. Um, but I mean, that's going to be like opening day of deer season. I mean, it's just going to be insanity on that first day of right. portal when you can put names in. Uh-huh. I mean, it'll be you won't even be able to keep up with it. Right. But so you, that that scares you. Because you could lose forty players, thirty play. I mean, like yeah. you, you. I mean, oh, it's just, this is an amazing time now. Probably a never better time to take advantage of the on three specials because <laughs> um, for a dollar that you can get our access for this first year, you're, you're going to get a lot of information because what's going to happen in the coming months. Mm-hmm. 
we're not going to probably be on vacation or anything anytime soon. It, it's just, it's going to be wild. I mean, like I think manageable though. I we've mean, been through multiple tours yeah. doing this job, and mm-hmm. I'm prepared for this tour to be with the transfer portal now involved to be as crazy as any coach. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there was a 42 day stretch when before they hired Bill pre, Callahan. Pre social media though. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, all you I don't think it'll get wild. I don't think it'll get that wild. You know, I think with the player with the element, portal, though, the portal element. Oh yeah, to have that many defections, keeping track of all that, like that's that's a new layer that wasn't always with that's the true. previous. But you can also restock your roster very quickly too. Mm-hmm. And you know they they have like let's let's complement some things that have looked good. I mean they they've added a running back or two. Mm-hmm. They've added some good receivers. They've added a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. They've added a great punter. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've added some things on this team that have made it a lot better. Mm-hmm. The thing that we thought would not be bad was the defense. And it makes you realize what JoJo Doman meant, what Ben Stilley meant, what yeah. Damian Daniels meant. Oh, it was Cam Taylor Britt. Cam Taylor Britt, Deontay Williams. Yep. I mean, the five or six guys you Stilly? they lost. Mm-hmm. Even a Will Honus is his presence. Mm-hmm. Like, they lost a lot of guys. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's a, we, we got to that a little late, but people wonder what has happened to the defense. Well, they lost a bunch those, of 24-year-olds. Those guys you just went through were, you know, a lot of those guys were impact impact players. I mean, JoJo and Caleb Tanner, Britton. I'd say Stilly. Stilly almost made the Miami's 53-man roster. He had a really good camp. JoJo made it. Cam Taylor's made it. JoJo made Indy's roster. Yeah, Cam Taylor. Deontay a, Williams got hurt. If he didn't get hurt, he had a chance. Cam Taylor Britt was a second-round pick. Yeah, Williams was going to be a – I'd say would be an NFL player if he wouldn't have hurt his knee. So yeah, they lost them. They lost a lot. And that's a lot of this. That's a lot of what this what's going on right now. Yeah, it's just uh it's remarkable. Um got a comment here. What about Luke Fickle? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, that, that, that listen, the dynamics are you got, I don't I don't like to shoot down everybody, but the way I think about Fickle is this. Ryan Day was Ryan Day I thought was fairly close to jumping to the NFL last year. Now, if, if Ohio State wins 11 or 12, a uh, day will be coveted by some NFL teams. And wouldn't Fickle just wait to see what well, happens? Fickle turned State. down Michigan State, too. Remember yeah, that? Wouldn't yeah. Fickle just wait to see what happens at Ohio Seems State? Seems like he's pretty selective about what he would want in that next step. But like you mentioned, I mean, Michigan State was going to pay him a ton of money, and he said no. And so, yeah. you know, is, is Nebraska one of those jobs that? flips the switch for him i don't know that i don't um, know either yeah. i don't want to do that where i shoot down every candidate yeah. i don't want to be that guy. we're getting a lot of names thrown out a lot of dave arandas i've seen that name mentioned several uh, times DeBoer. yeah DeBoer. Oh, I've, uh what about hugh free <laughs> hugh freeze from uh, liberty um uh, worse baggage than urban meyer i mean he, he got caught calling um escorts right on a phone. Yeah, I don't think Hugh Freeze is a candidate. Um I don't think that'd be a great fit here, by the way. No. I mean, yeah. That, Offensive minded. I mean, come on. What 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 why would that no, not Hugh Freeze? I saw someone made the comment that, you know, whatever it is, it's gotta be somebody that knows the Big Ten and understands the Big Ten. I agree with that. And that, Jimmy Leonard. Yeah. Jim, Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator. Or is he just gonna Wisconsin? wait out Chris? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to shoot that one down. That would be I think that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, first time head coach. So you know, they'd be you, going against the whole established CEO type, mm-hmm. but 
He's someone that understands the conference, mm-hmm. comes from a program that mm-hmm. has won a lot of games yeah. in this conference. He's, I, I'd be very intrigued by Jim Leonard. I would. I wouldn't shoot that one down. Just a young, energetic, mm-hmm. defensive-minded coach mm-hmm. that understands the Big Ten. Checks How about Dan Mullen? <laughs> wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to shoot that down. Yeah. He's, he's available, right? Um, no. He doesn't have a job. <laughs> he doesn't have a job. Who, who's a New York Giants coach, Dan Cox? Coughlin, Tom, Coughlin. Tom Coughlin, former. Yeah. Remember when they were going through the, when, when they were going through the 42 day search for uh, Frank Solich successor that we were just calling anybody. It was 40 days guys. I mean, we were, we were trying to fill papers and Mike and Zimmer. One day I called, say his name again. I always Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin. And he was out of a job at the time. And I, <laughs> I, I somehow got his cell phone number and called him and he was eating dinner. And I, and I said, hey, I'm glad I caught you. I just wanted to see, you know, the Nebraska jobs open. Would you be interested? And he said, well, I don't have a job. So, yeah, I guess I'd be interested. <laughs> um, that was the headline the next day. And I thought it was preposterous, but we made it the headline because he, sure. he said a few things. In the World Herald that same day, Jim Fossil was was their headline. The current Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Fossil. <laughs> Jim Fossil said basically the same thing. Yeah, I guess I would be since I'm not working. Yeah. Um, so I just got fired. Yeah. So. I don't think we're going to run into things like that. I know we, we talked about this before, but like, what about like Mark Stoops at Kentucky? Oh, I mean, that would be a home run. Kentucky can pay him though. Yeah. All right. That would be a home run higher because of what he's done at Kentucky. Back to back 10 win seasons. At it's a another place. Youngstown guy too, which is funny. Yeah. And he would fit here. I mean, I think that would be a good culture fit, a good fit in general. I, but Sean, you're probably right. I mean, why, what, what would, why would he leave Kentucky? He's got a good thing going. Right. Well, here, I mean, now you would say, all you have to say, you could turn it on me pretty quick and say, well, because Kentucky's not a football school. Yeah. Nebraska is. They so, have the resources, but you're also. You're always in the shadow of that. Yeah. You're in, you're, and you're, you're in the SEC where, I mean, the, the ladder upward is a lot more difficult, in my opinion. I, I the way. The momentum in Kentucky's program, though, is such that I just think it'd be hard to pull him out of that right now. Hear me out here. <laughs> they bring up Zach Taylor, and that obviously is a pipe dream. But I've heard it from Zach's mouth that working at Nebraska is a dream of his. It's always been something he wanted to do, raise a family. Trev Alberts is is that kind of guy where I wouldn't hold it again. But the problem with an NFL guy is you can't really contact him to like January. Right. I mean, so like I, and, and it's not going to happen. I mean, I'm just saying, no. I mean, this, just went to a Super Bowl. Like, let's say, if, it, no, I know. Um, but he told me this is like to work at Nebraska is a dream of mine. To, I know. To pre Joe Burrow, pre Bengals head job. No. It's um, not the time. It's, it's not going to happen. Because any NFL guy you call, like, they can't really come. Now, Donovan Riola was different. He was able to leave the Bears early um, because he was, an, a, he was an assistant head. He was an assistant offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, any NFL guy, it would be really difficult with the transfer portal because they they're coaching. How much is Matt Campbell coming up from the fans? He's a an bit. obvious one. I don't think he moves the needle a ton though. Beat Iowa today, I, finally, I, and he's turned down a lot of jobs. He he, uh, I know he was on USC's radar. Um, now USC obviously hired Lincoln Riley, but Campbell was prominent prominent in that discussion. So I. I don't know. Art Bryles. 
Oh, I think Trev's going to shoot higher than that. I'm with Robin. I think Trev, I mean, we know him. I've known Trev for a long time. And I think his personality is such that he will want to hire a big name, but someone that makes a lot of sense for this place. Mm -hmm. So, no, not Art Bryles, not Hugh Freeze, not some big names that clearly wouldn't fit, you know. Um, yeah, that, that'd be like the Charlie Weiss Kansas hire. Ah, big name that didn't this fit. This doesn't fit at all. It, you know, it won a press conference, but it didn't win in very many games. Trev's got a hard job now. I mean, that's the thing. Pressure switches to Trev. That's, that's, he, he's got, he's the one who's got to execute this, you know? And, oh, here's one. And, but it never happened. We talked about this a long time ago. So Jim Trestle, mm -hmm. I think a cycle ago would have made sense. Jim Trestle with like Scott Frost's OC, mm -hmm. that would have been a home run. Mm -hmm. And Sean Eichhorst never really considered that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he wanted Mike Riley, but I thought at that time, Jim Trestle with like a frost coordinator would have been a home run combo at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do too. At that point, that ship has sailed. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got another comment. Lance says no NFL guys. And um, <laughs> Sage, how about Ed Orgeron? Coach O? I don't oh. think it's a fit. He's got some stuff here's the thing. Um, well, yeah, he's got some stuff that's documented at LSU. We don't need to get into the reason, the part of the reason he's not there. He still got paid. You can Google it. Just go ahead and Google what's happening at LSU's program. Leipold makes a lot of sense to me. Dave Aranda. Aranda makes a lot yeah. of sense. Matt, Aranda's a no brainer. Matt Rule. I, he was a really good college coach. Yeah. He rebuilt that Baylor program. O'Brien makes sense to me. Bill O'Brien makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Tough dude. He's big a, 10 guy. Yeah. Big 10 guy. You know, he wasn't bad at Penn State. He had like 50 scholarship players and he went eight and four. Yeah. Right. I mean, keep in mind, he was there during the the sanctions. I'd be very interested in Bill Bryan, Bill O'Brien from a personality standpoint. He he could handle this place. He's a tough, tough dude. I mean, he's uh, you know, he kind of listen, he's not he's a lot pretty similar to Pelini, but but handles himself on the sideline, controls yeah. himself. But he's a he's um now, in fact, the more I talk about O'Brien, I, I find myself doing this when I think about him. That's the guy I he'd be high on my list, O'Brien. Um offensive acumen's off the charts, good, has run a Big Ten program, has the stomach for this place. Um, I'd I'd look seriously at O'Brien. How about Chris Peterson? He's not going to coach again. I've heard him talk about it a lot. Chris Peterson won't coach again. <laughs> How about Ted Lasso? <laughs> there you I mean, go. Home run. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We got to, yeah, we're going to, I mean, this is a conversation that's going to, it's going to ramp up. Oh, yeah. It's really going to ramp up. All right, guys. See, now this is what I mean, though, about how awkward this could be. We're going to, there's going to be a lot of discussion about the replacement with nine games left. Yep. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. We've been going an hour. We still have almost 600 watching, though. So thank you, everyone, um, for joining in tonight. This, you know, and, and we're going to do this after Oklahoma. We're going to try to, we'll figure it out on the road. We'll make it work uh, when we travel on the road here um, in the coming weeks. That will be interesting. Uh, but we'll we're make, here next week. But we'll be here for Oklahoma next week. Um, and remember, if you want to read more, go to huskeronline.com. We've got a great special. Um, on the On3 network, you can get our coverage with Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, myself, our entire team for $1 for the whole year. Uh, so please check out this great offer. It's a one-time offer that will be ending here shortly. 
uh, get on before all the news starts to break here. Uh, I promise it will be the best dollar you'll ever spend. <laughs> and uh, there's going to be plenty of news here to follow. But Sip, Robin, thank you. Thank you for uh, getting over here. I know we got to brush up our post-game coverage here still. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll figure the audio issues out. Uh, but, It'll be better next week. Yeah, it, that was my fault. I had the video running, but we got it fixed. But, hey, thank you. And thanks to our producer, Trey Yanity, uh, back in Nashville for putting the, the back end of the show together. And uh, make sure you log on to HuskerOnline.com.